Uh, but see, before the bars, it was the Star Spangled Banner and the Waving Flag. Yep, well, I remember I that. Went, went, How about the Indian head chest pattern? They were going. <laughs> no, you're on your own with that one, Larry. All right. Please. Episode 59 of Yats. Every week, Wednesday night, right here, yet another techshow.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining me this evening, we have Chris Miller. What's up, Chris? I am happy 59 times over to be here. Very good. We have Larry Press. What's up, Larry? Hi, guys. Good to see you. We have Mike Rothman. How you doing, Mike? I'm great. Thanks, Matt. Glad to be here again. Patrick Jordan. What's up, Patrick? Hey there. Richard Hay with the Android <laughs> beanie in back of you. What's up, Richard? Yeah, good old California. It'll get progressively darker as the show goes along. Right. It's already getting dark here. We're catching. Uh, we should start the show off and mention that last week we uh, talked about the story that The Guardian came out and was like, hey, we found this leak slide. Just thought you guys should know about it. Uh, you're probably getting completely spied on. Verizon is giving all of its info to the NSA. And uh, we had some interesting discussion about how it was, yeah, par for the course. We kind of expect that. Nobody seemed too worried. Then we kind of got into the discussion of, like, where is that line? And after the show and until, like, even now still, it's been just top news headlines, more and more stuff coming out. Uh, Do you guys have, first of all, is there anyone who can't say anything about this because of an NDA or something? You can just... Well, I would I would refer to you to the official statements of David Drummond, the chief uh, legal officer of Google, also Larry uh, Page, and then also press at Google dot com. Sure. Okay. Thanks for that. Hey, hey man, what a I, courageous statement. <laughs> yeah, Mike. I have some serious crow to eat uh, tonight. I think uh, last Wednesday night I sort of blew this story off, saying, "Oh, I don't know that it's all that big a deal." And then I wake up Thursday morning, and it's all anybody's talking about anywhere in the world. So, you know, uh, I, I guess I have to revise my view. I, I, I think it feels to me like way too much intrusion into our privacy is going on, and I don't like it. Does it make you feel more creeped out the more and more you read about it? We're seeing these lawsuits come out. I know the ACLU was talking about one. Uh, another one is involving Apple, Tim Cook, Obama, <laughs> Facebook, Google, Yahoo, Skype, YouTube, Microsoft. Like All of these people are getting sued by this uh, activist named Larry Clayman uh, and three others, Charles Strange, Matt Garrison, and Michael Ferrari. Uh, over these alleged privacy violations. The, you know, I, I think the the fact of the lawsuits gives me some comfort. What creeps me out is the number of our fellow citizens in the country who appear to be sanguine about the government monitoring all of our 
you know, all of our private conversations. So, so that, that worries me, but I'm glad organizations like the ACLU are on this and are uh, going to insist on a, a dialogue and some adjudication about what our, uh, what our, what our rights to privacy really mean. Can you blame the public at large when the mass media they consume on the daily is feeding them this, like, no, it's for your own good, as they slowly... I mean, it, a lot of people point out that it started with the Patriot Act and, and slowly just became more and more egregious of, of, of what they were doing with, with people's privacy and rights. Oh, and oh, oh, they definitely. did it slow enough to where nobody made a big stink at any one given time, but now when we look at it compared to what it started out as, it's, it's completely... <laughs> evolved into this evil corrupt beast well that's that's the trade that's the proposition around the trade-off is that we give up some privacy and maybe we're safer because there are fewer attacks like 9-11 or you know anything since then but uh, that is a conversation I don't think we've really had and one of the sort of amusing sidebar elements to this to me is to watch our 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 brave and hardworking congressional representatives who have had access to this information and have known about it, and they're all backpedaling furiously away from the story, uh, trying to suggest that, uh, that they, they think this has uh, got to be reexamined. Well, and something interesting I heard on the on the media sh- uh, podcast is that Obama said, you know, I'm glad this is out. I'm glad we're having this conversation. We need to have this conversation. We need to force this discussion. And they said that if if you were so ab- all about having this conversation, why did you make it so impossible for anybody to really come forward that knew about it? Like there were these, I don't know if you'd call them gag orders, but everyone that knew about it was not supposed to say anything about it. And that's where you saw the the leak slides. And the guy who was he uh, hiding in Hong Kong, Edward Snowden, yeah. or what's his well, name? Well, there, there is one thing I can say, and that is when I was working in Washington D.C. Uh, as a contractor, uh, that I did do some work at the Defense Information Systems Agency and other military and defense organizations. And within the internal defense firewall, they they actually demanded that you run Telnet instead of SSH or. Uh, and then HTTP instead of HTTPS and FTP instead of SCP, this sort of thing, right? Uh, because it's easier for them to sniff if everyone's transacting in clear text, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so one thing that does give me some, you know, party, you know, some some comfort is that when I go to mail.google.com or news.google.com or maps.google.com. There's an HTTPS up there in the in the window, and that there it's a there's a cryptography going on between your client and us. Right. Right, and so we should mention that uh, Google did come out and say uh, this is an article off of Biz Journals. They revealed that they're not giving the NSA access to their servers. They are delivering, and in some cases, the article says people are like hand delivering whatever information they want to you know their NSA contacts. This says. Essentially, Google pushes information in response to requests rather than allowing the government to directly access information from its system. Uh, Chris Gaithier, a Google spokesman, said uh, Google has pushed back on attempts by governments to get more direct access but didn't provide additional details. He says, we refuse to participate in any program for national security or other reasons that requires us to provide government with access to our systems or to install their equipment 
on our network. Uh, Ant Pruitt joining us. What's up, Ant? How you doing, man? What's going on, gentlemen? How are y'all? How's the Wi-Fi Glad in the house? man. Yeah. We're just, uh, we're just recapping our discussion last week about the whole NSA leak documents and, and whatnot and uh, the lawsuits that are ensuing. And that's uh, they, they make Google use a secure FTP to hand the data over if it's not actually being done by hand. So, I don't know. They're, that's... Getting, very, they're getting Google different data than the, the Verizon stuff. The Verizon stuff is just metadata about phone calls. Right, where they can they can look and say this person that we know that we've been watching is making phone calls to a phone number in the U.S. So they have both of the phone numbers. What they don't have, from what I've read, is the actual conversations themselves. But they can make the correlation, and then from that information, they can decide: Do we want to further watch this person get a warrant or do whatever? But but I think with Google though, don't they actually get content of? Uh... If they have a subpoena to get a or a request to get a particular thing, can't they get the convert, you know, the email or whatever it is? I would imagine they would have that stuff. I mean, the the transfer itself is done over SSL, but once it's on their servers, if they're subpoenaed, I'm sure they could possibly hand it over. I'm not sure. You know, one kind of cool twist that this me and Mike maybe have in common. We remember the uh, Daniel Ellsberg affair, uh, and he came out. Yesterday or the day before, I wrote a column saying how he considers this guy a total hero, that it was the most uh, important leak that's ever been done in the United States. So he's and that uh, means something coming from Ellsberg. Yeah, yeah. So and let me ask. I, I, last week, I asked you guys why they went after Bradley Manning so hard, and and it seemed like not as hard after Ellsberg, but they did go after Ellsberg, but but he. He got off on a technicality that they'd done illegal wiretaps to gather data on him. I'm not sure if they charged him with the same crimes or if... Uh, Is that because the difference between know. pre- and post-Patriot Act? I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know if there are different acts or different laws that they charged that he broke mm-hmm. or uh, it was just a different time. There was a huge amount of uh, you know, support for, for Ellsbury. Um yeah, I don't know. I'd be curious to see, and I'm not the guy to do it, to compare the two cases, or the three cases now. The four cases. <laughs> Figure out what the differences are. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that the level of criminality would be swayed by public opinion, right? I, I think it'd be naive to think it wouldn't be, though. It's par for the you know, course. Larry, I think there's some chance that Ellsberg sort of skated a little bit by virtue of the the timing of the Watergate uh mess and uh, the, the post Watergate desire to get back to business as usual in the U.S. Interesting, yeah. I I, I read up a little bit. He, the case, his case was dismissed as uh, because of they they gathered evidence against him using illegal wiretaps. <laughs> Talk about Watergate. But, Is it uh, the Pentagon Papers were before Watergate, but maybe his trial was at the time of Watergate. Let me ask you guys this. It may have been. L- let me ask you guys this. Is it weird that when uh, like Facebook and Yahoo haven't given any kind of explanation as to how they transmit this sort of stuff, and Google seems like they're the only one that has come out and been like, yo, here's how we're doing it, just to put anybody's mind at ease. Is that just normal, or do you think these other companies would... They're like scrambling to piece together something to to release. Google's not evil. 
maybe they are. There you go. <laughs> so, let me ask a question because no, I haven't seen it in an article yet. I mean, as I change my signature block again. Uh, a simple question that I have about it, though. Has anyone actually read the privacy rules on all these sites like Verizon and everybody else to see exactly what they say about sharing it? Because it seems like no one's tackling that issue is what are the rights we already gave away. I haven't looked as far as like your carrier or your cable company, but I know on all the social networks, you're basically signing away anything you post, whether it's private, public, or otherwise. And that should go without saying, but I know, again, the public at large doesn't really use that stuff in that way. They assume that what's private is private and what's public is is public, but you should know better. If I send a Gmail, I assume that Google has a machine that's looking at it to try to figure out what I want to, what ads to show me. But am I also giving Google permission to to copy my email and show it to people? That's a good question. Yeah. I'm not going to waste Actually, eight hours to dig patient. through the, the TOS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't know much. Let me be a devil's advocate. Uh, would you guys want these NSAs not to do anything? Wouldn't that be kind of naive too? It would I mean, be it would be interesting to do zero, right? It's just we're we're in the middle or you have to It would be interesting if you could create a simulated model that is what we're doing here, but in a world where none of this exists, and let it play out and see exactly how much more or less or whatever uh, terrorism is actually happening. It, it would be interesting. Well, yeah, and one of the articles was like saying, well, then what happens if a terrorist gets a weapon of mass destruction and detonates it inside of a major U.S. city, and then everyone's like, well, why weren't you on the lookout for this? Right, it's a lose-lose for them in that situation, right? But where's, again, it goes back to where's where's the line. Uh, <clears throat> Patrick, you got any thoughts on this? Uh, pretty much the same as ground already covered, except on the Facebook thing, um, doesn't Facebook just have an NSA app? Isn't that just part of Facebook? Well, the CIA is a huge investor. I mean, you would think that, sure. It's, it's almost it's, in their best interest. They're like, we've been trying to get data on people for years, and you actually made something that wants to make them just give it away for for free. That's pretty yeah, awesome. I thought Facebook. it was just one of those things like Candy Crush where you just get one of those notifications saying that the NSA app wants a little more info. Right. Just <laughs> hit OK. Hit OK. Let me get back to my damn game. Candy Crush. <laughs> Aunt Pruitt, you got any thoughts on this uh, before we move on? No, not really. I, uh, I just don't have any concerns over the privacy stuff anymore. Like I said last week, as long as I can go into my toilet and sit there comfortably and know that that's private, I'm fine with the rest of this stuff. I don't have any other control over it. Fair enough. Just stay out of Ant's toilet and everything will be fine. Can I come in there with my Google Glass on? <laughs> that would be no, weird. No, Mr. Press. <laughs> All right, I guess the other big I news... I don't want to either, man. <laughs> the, the other big news this week was uh, what Apple announced at the uh, the little... Uh, what's it called? The extravaganza? What do they call that? The Moscone Center. The Moscone... <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> the uh, Worldwide Developer Conference. There you go, that's it. So a lot of, and we covered a lot of this on AOTA last night, but a lot of people coming out and just hating on Apple. And, like, I'm an Android guy, and I've I've given up on the whole, like, it, it doesn't matter at this point. They're both good 
and if you're really that passionate and like hating on someone else because of the choice of device they've used see i've I've become enlightened being a resistance member in ingress i've actually become more enlightened and uh yeah it, it's a silly uh ploy to sell more devices and create this faux war of sorts uh so it was funny to see that everyone was like oh my god they're it's 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 jelly it's ICS it's jelly bean it's windows phone it's blackberry and it's like when you're in a stale market isn't the the smart thing to do is to see what's out there and then take the best from all of it and make it and and there you go done and done anybody excited yeah. for iOS 7 anybody at all patrick i know you well, are go ahead ant you are well i I saw the whole thing, and I and I feel you, Matt, when you talk about um, people hating on one side or the other. The only problem that I have, and it's really, uh, I'm not sure whose fault it is, but it just doesn't seem like any innovation is happening right now. I think we might be at a innovation stalemate. Right Everyone's now, stalled, know? right? We've gotten to the quad-core yeah. phones that can pretty much do anything you can throw at them. And now, hold on a second. They else? just announced a male voice for Siri. <laughs> uh, and that means that it's just a matter of time before you can pick sarcastic Irishmen. I and mean, the hater speaks. Or Homer Simpson. I mean, think of no Homer hater. Simpson. Along? I love these guys. Think of Homer Simpson as your Siri. I mean, that would be awesome, right? Well, look, they did that at the TomTom Tom GPSs for a long time. Exactly. You know, Darth, the uh, Englishman, everything else. And you know but... what, Chris? Everyone I know that has one of those, that nobody uses the default voice. They all have those stupid, like, third-party voices that they paid for or whatever. Like, everyone loved them. They can also... Uh, isn't there one for John Cleese? Yes. Yeah. Darth yeah. Vader, John Cleese, uh, Yoda. And then there's one that Cartman. lies to you. It tells you the wrong directions. Nice. It's it just happens to be in a female voice. No. <laughs> Maybe one that's sarcastic, like you missed the turn again. <laughs> Go ask for directions. You're lost. So, so for, you know, forgetting the iOS seven, which is crappy with flat icons and transparency and we all that fun stuff. Uh, they did up the battery life of one of the Air, but then they also, of course, came out with the specs on the new Pro, which drives what I do here. So I love the new Pro, the new you know full tower machine now that thing was impressive right which is good because didn't they miss that last last uh, wwdc was numerous times they haven't right. updated the pro in quite some and people time. were talking yeah. that like they might just be killing it off or something and everyone was like but what about us so that, that's that's good hey chris I, what, I are, what are you doing that that you need a uh, a uh, pro to uh to drive that wouldn't be driven just as well off of any other comparably spec intel machine everything of ant's bathroom trips He's doing what we're doing on this crappy old AMD, like, but like way better those. and faster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, um, I, I found. Go ahead, oh, so Larry, I found out that the multi-core processing and everything has been the performance has been much better on the Pro um, than any other machine I've been using for any type of video work at all. And mm-hmm. the new, you know, 12 core up to 60 gig of RAM. They have they if no one caught it, and they put a little bitty side note in their in their keynote that said, "Look for us to demo." Pixar-like capabilities on your on these machines, running the type of compression and horsepower needed to build Pixar-like graphic quality on the machine. You can't do that on some of those. But now, cars. hold on, hold on. That's saying you can build it. You're still not going to render something like that on your one machine. Pixar uses render farms to pipe right. that stuff out. Well, so, to do the final thing, but sure. to build it, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah you you're could, not going to do it on your current. Okay. And you're just not going to do it on your current hardware with any type of efficiency. Right. 
I, I agree with Chris. I want a little more horsepower. Um, even if I go with the Premier Suite um, from Adobe, but I still would like to get my hands on something like Final Cut Pro to do some stuff for content creation. You know, they just—it's just nice tools for content creators. If you ask me. I'm going to wait till Google matches those tools on YouTube editor, and then I'll just use that. Uh, that was, yeah. that was lesson yeah. four in the Creator Academy MOOC. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, stay with that. Are there things that Final Cut Pro can do that just no other PC-based video software can do? Video well, there are, some, there are some Linux um, options out there available, but again, it's still, uh, you're going to need some decent horsepower. But you know what? It has a program yeah, called um, Kden something that's forced, To answer your first question, you'd go with Apple any just so you could run that. But Larry, it's not yeah. about, I don't think it's about that so much as it's about they have all of this, this massive user base that's been using it for so long, all of their files and everything is in this program, so they want to continue using it. That, that's what I, I don't is Adobe Premiere a viable competitor to Final Cut Pro in terms of the capability? Or? I've heard that it is. Um, I know I've heard it several times on Revision 3, especially with Techzilla, that they moved away from Final Cut Pro and moved over to the Adobe Suite because it was just as good in their opinion, and they have quality video every week. I like Vegas video personally, but well, if you spend the time to rebuild what I'd call your templates and everything else that you use for shows, then yeah, you just, it's a lot of investment time of learning. I mean, look, they got special keyboards for Final Cut. Right. right. Yeah. It's it's a way it's a way of life for the editors. All right. Yeah, hey, this is a parenthetical. At the other end, does anybody know a decent uh, open source editor for win- video editor for Windows? That's something I really would like to have as a, because I'm not a filmmaker, but, you know, I love Audacity for audio. I like, uh, you know. Honestly, and, Larry? And .net for video. If, if this is going to. Open shot. This is going to sound stupid, but Windows Movie Maker. If you want something simple that will just, like, throw a video it's up nice. on YouTube that uh, looks. I have looked at that. It was too lame. Too easy? <laughs> yeah, but that was, that was like. A couple of years ago, maybe it just didn't do much. the version in seven or wait, the version was... that I yeah go ahead Ant. I, I have the uh, I have the multimedia package in Windows eight and I've done a couple of videos and then it came out all right with the boys all right so um, with that whole uh, what do you call it the the Harlem Shake thing that I did to the hardheads it 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 turned all right or that turned out all right in there but there's also another program called OpenShot that's cross platform. I've played with that as well on the Linux side, but it's also available on, uh, it's called Open on Shot. the Windows side. Open Shot. I'm going to check it out. I'll check it out. And it has, but again, you better have some horsepower to run it. That's though, no problem. Because you know, it does a lot of 3D rendering and stuff in it, too. Cool. Got to check them out. Hey, let me ask you guys back to the WWDC. Where, did they announce any, it's a developers conference, did they announce any kind of interesting hooks or capabilities in the OS that might you know, a lead to cooler applications in the future. Patrick? Anybody? Uh, you know, I think there were some uh, mentions of new APIs and things, uh, but it was it was right at the end, and it wasn't featured really heavily on the screen, so I'm not positive on details of that. 
It looks it, it like was, the the Mavericks thing they announced is yeah. probably about the the length of it. I don't, I don't know. You mean like the new iOS seven? Yeah. The, the whole the whole event was oh, no, kind no, of that, no, Mavericks was OS ten, right? Sorry. Yeah. yeah, the new and the and the link I, between you know them. What? Yeah, where there's some cool developer developments. Yeah. Larry, the the mistake you're making here is that you're expecting um, a technology discussion from a company that has become all about design. Okay. Well, and so there's there's one wow. section on Macworld that says developers uh, are also intrigued by numerous tiny features that got only the briefest mentions on slides during the keynote. Uh, panics Sasser is thinking about games. Sprite Kit, uh, something that will make it easier to create game graphics and animations. Uh, he says, I always wanted to do physicy things like physics, but I didn't want to build or rely on a whole game engine. So I guess you can do well, what, that. Now, now, what about the, the music service that they launched? Oh, yeah. That's like uh, all access. It's radio and that was, stuff. That was interesting to see that it was, it was so similar to Google's all access announced back on um, Google I.O. And, 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 yeah, that's fine. It have another another avenue that people can go in to get their music from, but it just didn't necessarily shake up anything to say, hey, this is something new and big for the consumers. Well, and as, as far as the whole copying thing goes, like, they, you know they were working on that well before. It wasn't like they saw I.O. and they were like, oh, yeah, exactly. music, yeah. we, we better I mean, make this. Like, you know, it's it's – they Pandora's were both been doing, doing it. it from day one. It was you, a good you, idea. They were both up something, you know, and it yeah. builds a better algorithm for you. So, yeah. I am finally iTunes free, and nothing will convince me to reinstall <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> nothing. Except the phone call. That's someone trying to convince you to reinstall <laughs> iTunes. No, no, I won't do it. <laughs> I muted it. Ain't me. No, this I know. It's Larry. This girl from Apple Care. Uh, it's the NSA calling Larry Press. <laughs> Do you need to take that, Larry? To you, you take that. All right. Uh, Waze and Google. We talked a little bit about this on AOTA, but then there was an article that just came out on CNET uh, showing that they actually have purchased it. We were just kind of talking about the the article that mentioned they were thinking about purchasing it, but they actually have now. Uh, this is awesome. They say while pieces of Waze folded into Google Maps will benefit all users across Google's sprawl of properties and products, Waze can bring a special level of utility to mobilize commuters on foot, bike, bus, or car. And what they're saying is that they can use information from Waze and pipe them into Google Now cards. And so you get these notifications, like in that Google Now, cool. that like, yo, there's traffic here, construction, what? What, Chris? You don't like it? What? I, oh, I, I've written about Waze many times. I hated that they flipped over their updates to include Facebook authentication only. That was stupid of them to do that move. Now they're going to flip you back out to offer also a Google sign-in, which is great, but I still don't maybe don't want to look at it here. But you just made the note that is really weird. Uh, foot traffic, all that other stuff. There's no there's no traffic reporting of Waze needed for how fast I can walk to somewhere and get it if there's a roadblock in the way. So I'd like to see them focus more on overlaying that into Google Maps and giving me, like it says in a couple other places in that article, real-time updates, not just a green bar on the map, but an actual real-time update of, oh, don't go that way, on the fly, go around, go this way, and redirect me instantly like Waze does now. Right, because Google's only really good at, like, if it's a known construction zone that's been there for a minute. Waze is like, there's an accident here that happened five minutes ago, 
And then when it's when it's gone and people see the pop up, you can thumbs down it or say this isn't here anymore, and it'll remove it. So it is very good at at keeping it clean and and making sure that what's reported is still there. And if it's not, then it's removed. And that's now, see, but the, the trick. The tricky part there is that you get like when you scale it, you get the dicks that basically lie. Are people doing that though in this app? This I haven't come into that yet. I haven't seen that happen locally, but I don't know. I guess it's possible. I mean. People that like, use like with, with Google Maps, how we had initially, if like three people marked for business closed, ah. then we would see closed, and so like the, the 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 dominoes would go and say that the 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 Pizza Hut was closed. Right. <laughs> so, right. Before Ant comments, so before Ant comments, one thing you just brought up, I'm interested in, <laughs> is could you see them also hooking this to latitudes? But we can talk about it in a minute because I know Ant has a thing. But hooking not only where you're going, where you've been, where the traffic is, but now a history of where I've been. Linking Google, linking it to latitude as well as an option. So, but Ann, I know you had a comment. Oh no, I was just curious to ask Matt about more the ways experience. You just said that if there's an accident up the road, you pretty much able to get that data from other Wazers just within minutes, and it's updated to the servers to you fairly quickly. Right, and and of course, it, you have to have a mass of users to, for it to be useful. Like, locally here, there is a few of us that use it, but since Ingress came out, I kind of have that running more than Waze nowadays, so... But yeah, if I see an accident and I have it open, I totally report it. If I have, if I'm parked, I'll take a picture of it, and then everyone else will see that until it's gone. So basically, there you go, this something like that just popped up. Could... Yeah, there you go, Chris. On Chris's something screen. like that just popped up live for you. And you okay, can go so to their. This could enhance Google Now. And the other thing, they have a good web interface that you can go see real time live updates. Twelve minutes ago, vehicle stop, side of road, thumbs up or thumbs down. Is it still there? If it is, everyone gets you know rewarded by it. If it isn't, then it removes it from the map for you if you want. Right, and that's the other like the motivation for it is they kind of make a game and a point system. So it's in your best interest to point out legit stuff so that you get points and are a better wazer. I, I don't know why that. Matters. Mayor of one hundred and one, baby. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah. Here you go, Ant. Here's one of my favorite things is if I zoom into this one, it actually has uh, red light cameras built into it as well. And it'll live update where it knows normal traffic should be, let's say, 55 miles an hour as a highway, right? You'll see little dots come up and showing you an area that it'll show you the exact speed people are reporting, 11, 27. It shows you live, and it goes away as people start moving again. It's really cool. And here's I'm showing uh, the, the web interface. If you go to Waze.com and click on Live Map, and you can really, I just had, this is just the default, but you can type in an address or a location and it'll show you like updates, pretty much like what Chris is seeing on his mobile. So you can kind of see how this might hopefully get merged into one platform on Google Maps that uses all of all of this. And that would and be Ant, awesome. This is just for you, Ant, right there in the middle. It shows where police are as people just know to police running radar on the map. Little police helmets showing up for you. You know what? That's funny you mentioned that, Chris. I always that thought. That's got to be just for me. Check because this out, you, though. You drive fast. I always thought if you were a police officer and you put on the map where you were, just by other people knowing there's a cop there causes them to act more. You're not speeding, your seatbelt, you know, all that. When people see a cop, they act like that. I, if, if cops started using this or they had a system that was like, here's where they're at today, people would. Yeah, exactly. Warner Brother. <laughs> and people would, you know, react accordingly. Right. I think it's I, like, here's one that just changed. Uh, just it just threw up a nine mile an hour uh, symbol on one of the areas on a side road. So let you, I mean it's real time. It's just popping up. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, Waze is good stuff. 
And with you know going, if Google brings it out, it'll bring the user base up to a point where that'll it'll improve the quality. I mean, the more that's something that really needs a lot of users. Well, and that's something Waze I think has over Google Maps and the map editors. Waze has a very very large active map editing building community. Yeah, but Google's yeah. got a huge number of people. I mean, this could become part of the culture, right? And it could really make a difference. Well, well, and, and, I, think, and I, definitely, I definitely think this could also be like a, a gateway into more people using Google+, Plus, right? Yeah, if they incorporate that into it, which they would, I would imagine. But it has the benefit that, like, the more people that use it and the more people that legitimately use it, not just post fake dumb crap, like, it's better for everybody. So that's kind of the motivation also, that you wouldn't want to just post stupid fake stuff. <laughs> yeah, really. But... Pretty cool they finally got it. So uh, 1.3 Instagrams is what we mentioned last night. I think it came down to just an even 1 billion. So. And what? And Facebook, I thought, was supposed to buy it. They, uh, nope. I guess they didn't think it was worth it. And we kind of talked about that last night in AOTA. Like, what would Facebook do with it? Would they come out with Facebook Maps? Would they incorporate it into their own app? Like, what? Facebook doesn't do anything map wise. It's all check in stuff. So they, I, I, I could see Facebook buying Foursquare before they bought Waze. Just that seems I like a better. The fit. reason Facebook would buy it would be to keep it out of Google's hands. Just to screw well, Google. face. Yeah, I, I don't know. No, I, can't I, I say it's two things. I, I, Waze has two benefits. So one thing we didn't talk about, and who, it has nothing to do with Facebook, was of course it does show real time gas prices around you, so you can see that. But the, the reason Facebook, I think, would want it is because picture this as an overlay of where are your friends and building your social graph and map more. Mm. You've now overlaid a whole thing of people you connect to, work with, drive with. It shows you can uh, join group routes and see common people that do the same drive route you do to see what the traffic's like that day without showing personal information. But now, if you look the, hook this to Facebook, now you see your Facebook friends. So they know where you are, where you go, and where you drive. When you see that now. Well, yeah, I'm saying, but with the Facebook login. But now, picture it bigger with Google. Right, right. Yep. It'll be cool to see what they end up doing with it in real life. So, uh, did like, you see? I like Waze. I like Waze too. Did you see the uh, Time Warner chief, Glenn Britt? He says cable is too expensive. Any of you guys on Time Warner? Yes. Yeah. Are they screw Time Warner? Are they are they legit? Are they okay? I had them in Florida, and it was eh, whatever. <laughs> Here in Austin, there's only really two main choices, which is Time Warner and AT&T, and Time Warner is by far the lesser of those two evils. Yeah, here there's only one cable choice, and then there's one DSL provider through the Ma Bell, and then there's other MVNO DSL providers that all get their internet through the Ma Bell, so it's pretty much one or the other. Why was this guy saying he thought they were too expensive? Yeah, it says uh, even though cable companies are fighting against anti-bundling measures tooth and nail, it seems that one major complaint has gotten through to them. Cable TV is getting too expensive. So they're talking about the the TV side of it. The TV side, right. If anyone listening is thinking about jumping over the Roku ship, this is the week to do it because the Roku 2 XD is on sale $10 even more off with free shipping because of Father's Day this week, but yeah, I've I've got a couple more coming now, and that'll complete streaming on every TV in the house. So yeah. cable's about to go. And he's saying that he uh, supported making smaller television packages available. 
He was talking at the cable show in D.C. He observed that the cable TV packages were becoming out of reach for many low-income households, including recent college graduates. So let me ask this. Forget what we all have now. If they offered you $10 a month for all your local channels on digital and uh, as well as, let's say, the public channels and stuff like that that are you know national, PBS type, would you pay 10 bucks a month for everything to be digital, clear signal for that? No. Just those channels? Nope. But you can't get them yeah. in some areas without, right? You don't get good signal. You don't have the antennas. I'm saying, would they gave you those type of services? No, not even with some on-demand or anything, right? Nope. I, I would, if I couldn't get them with the rabbit ears, I'd say, yeah. I'd pay 10 bucks. Yeah. I wouldn't, because then I'd have to go buy a TV to plug it into, and I don't want to do that. So, nope. Well, see, you're a little bit different. You watch everything on your tablet. I watch it on my big screen here. <laughs> Right, but so I'm saying for low income, with you know, with a small package that offers something like that, yeah, I could see. And yeah, then if for it, twelve bucks, you get Nickelodeon. If it competes with Netflix, then I would say, yeah, they like that in that situation, definitely. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah, but this and this is such a shocking sentiment. I mean, almost everyone I talk to wants to pay more. <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird? Right, but I mean, they don't have. He's like you said, they don't have the bundles that are available for someone to make it worthwhile. Do you watch half the channels you get? No, you you just don't watch all those channels. So Not even close. Right, I, the smaller bundle I'd pay for a smaller bundle that had something cheaper, but the cheapest. All I all I know is when I was a kid in West Germany, and every Saturday it was eight hours of golf on AFN. And now, if I like flip through the channel and I see that there's a channel and it's golf, and I'm paying some money for that, I'm like, what the f? <laughs> Old habits, Richard. Yeah, we all wish it was all totally unbundled. But who knows? I don't. What would it have to cost if if you could really just cherry pick? I just want to watch a buck a channel. Ninety nine bundles. Netflix is Bundle City. Amazon buys bundles. Bundles haven't gone away with the internet. Ninety nine cents a channel. That's it. That would make for public channels that are non premium content. No, for HBO. Ninety nine cents. And and that's what that we should really be investigating. I mean, there's restraint of trade. There's collusion. I mean, these the the cable companies. And the, and the and the phone companies and the what? dish companies, they're colluding and they're threatening the channels, saying if you try to sell right. a la carte, we're gonna we're gonna throw you under the bus. Right. Then they'll stop carrying them. They do, but such is life, right? Business it's, is business. Do you want to make well, all that money, or or do you want to make your I, own? I think this only works until you have someone that can scale, where you can go direct to the customer, and someone can just go big or go home and say, hey, bye bye. Like the, Google Play or iTunes? Yeah, if you're going to kick me out of your bundles, go ahead. I'll just go and I'll, I'll offer myself a la carte digital and everyone and their mother will buy it. Well, now, how do you get to the household? Through the net. Through the internet. But the problem is is that the cable companies in, in the majority areas run the internet connection. Well, that's true, that's, but then basically if they try to impair that signal, like Netflix or something like this, then you come back and say restrained trade, monopoly, all this. And then you have a lawsuit. Yeah, Chris, want- you're making, in my mind, the case for the service that Google's trying to roll out, which is a uh, high-quality, high-bandwidth um, uh, c- uh, Internet option that is cable television neutral. Yes, now that you're, now you're talking a solution. Yeah, Google's that- doing, Google also sells bundles of TV channels it's, as a separate product. I mean, they're kind of, it's a better deal than Time Warner, but it's kind of a similar deal, right? They don't have any uh, less bundling or more bundling than Time Warner, do they? Well, now, to Matt's point, I like the idea of the bucket channel thing, but once you get to a certain point, 
you'd have to have some sort of break. Because what if I want 50 channels? Is that worth $50 a month? Being no. being the person on the other end of that call, I would say, sir, are you really going to watch all 50 of these channels? I'll meet you halfway at 25. But yeah, they would have... They would have but a the price. The concept of a channel is way is not granular enough either. I don't want Nickelodeon. I want SpongeBob. Hey, well, that's where you SpongeBob season five, show three. That's I mean, where you buy a service. Channel is a bundle it's in itself. You know. That's when you get to the point where you're not you're not subscribing to channels. You're subscribing to these production houses. Like well, I yeah, like I the stuff on Google AMC. Play, right? I mean, I'll buy I'll buy the um, uh, what's that show on. Uh, the, the one about the invasion from the uh, aliens. Falling Skies. Falling Skies. Falling Love skies. it. I'll buy that. Love I'll it. I'll buy that show. <laughs> Such a good show. So, raise, raise a hand. There are a group here to show. How many of us remember at about 1 o'clock at night, all of a sudden you'd wake up to the loud sound of a single beep with the bars on the screen? Right here. Right. And nowadays, what do you wake up to? Constant NCIS and Law and & Order. Oh, but see, before the bars, it was the Star Spangled Banner and the waving flag. Yep, I remember that. How about the Indian head chest pattern? If we're going, no, you're on your own with that one, Larry. All right, (laughs) I'm with you, Larry. I'm with you. Indian head chest pattern. I know. Wow. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Let's. I guess we're kind of talking about Google. Let's uh, talk about this. They mentioned they've seen a massive increase in email-based phishing campaigns originating within Iran, targeting Iranian users. So Iran attacking Iran people, dissidents, or what have you. Interesting. Phishing attacks, as we know, is the probably, I would say, number one way uh, attack vector that these dignitaries ambassador any any politician really gets hit hard is is this way or honeypots but this is mainly i think so yes any comments thoughts or otherwise well, I, glad we don't I, live I in have Iran. Like a, I, I have someone that i have a, a woman that's a graduate student that follows me on google plus because she was complaining about being able to use hangouts but it turns out that essentially i guess google Firewalls hang out because it's part of the sanctions against Iran. Like you know, like you know that we can't offer hangouts to Iran. Are you literally saying Iran is not allowed to hang out? Uh, well, I think she was having a lot of trouble using it. I mean, I, it, maybe she was using an encrypted tunnel or something like this. I don't know, but uh, Iran. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that kind of blows my like. You can't hang out, Iran. You're on timeout. You're on snooze notifications for You're eight hours. You're trying to build a weapon of mass destruction. It's corner. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's so funny to me. I don't, whatever. I guess they can't no. get MySpace too either. That's true. They can have Orkut, but that's it. Well, and and see, if, and and since Iran is one of the countries that heavily filters the internet as it is, they really would make it to where it's like a super pain in the butt to own something like a Chromebook that they can't hack. I would assume they are all just booting DSL off a disk and calling it good. Well, damn small Linux. Done and done. But yeah, you're probably right. So, uh, In other news, Facebook is going to offer hashtags. I, I kind of got yelled at because sometimes I'll just copy and paste like from Twitter and there'll be a couple hashtags in there. My Mike Boudet, he's been on the show before. He's like, stop putting hashtags on Facebook. That's, that's not for Facebook. Well, I'm glad finally now it will be. So, good job, Facebook. 
Well, I, I see a lot of people complaining about the auto hashtagging on Google+. It doesn't work very well. I made a joke about Prism and the NSA, and it hashtagged it NSA. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I guess that's true, but... I don't know. My favorite was I had a post of Alcatraz, and I, I, I titled it The Rock. And then it, it hashtagged it Dwayne Johnson. Nice. <laughs> Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? <laughs> so are we on hashtags now? Facebook hashtags. Facebook hashtags. Yeah. Chris Miller, so thoughts? It's we we talked we we I think this was what last year almost that we said this was going to happen. They have to make it happen. It's the only way to grow the graph fast enough because they filter your stream so heavily. There is no way for you to see all the content that may occur about a conversation because you don't interact with the person enough. The only way to do it is for you to be able to click a hashtag to then see all your friends' conversations about it. Right. And Speaking it doesn't even of privacy and NSA and stuff. What's been going on with this graph since you know since its inception? Oh, it's... Have people been able to avoid it, you know, or opt out of it some type of way? I couldn't remember. No, because it's nothing hidden. They're just giving you a new interface into what's already there. I don't. People argue about it, and it's not a big deal. It's the same data with a new way to see it. Who cares? It's just it's a thing to click on that's going to show you all the stuff about the thing you clicked on. That's all it really. Oh, and hashtags. Okay. I remember that as being an easier tool for stalking. They because the people don't no no not easier okay easier tool yeah so now a person can click one place for the same info they had to click four times I mean what's the difference it, it's about privacy controls that you set not about the data they're exposing because the data is the same there's no difference to the data I, I've got a I've got a slightly different slant on it I I just think Facebook has has kind of jumped the shark it's like they're throwing everything into it imaginable to see what sticks and the result has for me, Ben, they've taken what used to be sort of a simple but interesting design, and they've made it a mishmash. And I think especially since we've started using Google Plus so much, like I, I much more prefer that interface to Facebook now. And yeah. honestly, Facebook has I'm like... I'm spoiled by Google Plus. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, Facebook has two uses. One, I go there and post stuff for the shows we do. And then, two, I go there to make stupid, snarky comments to the things my real-life friends are posting on there because none of my yeah. real-life friends are on Google+. Everything else I read on the Internet is pretty much now coming from Google+, via Flipboard, via, you know, whatever. Usually just the Google+, app if I'm mobile because it works yeah, that good. You. And honestly, if the Facebook app worked that good on my phone, like, I would use it probably not just as much, but I would use it more. I've kind of just shoved it to the side now, and I only use it for for the show stuff. It's it's just not... It, well, I and know. I find that I actually get pretty decent news discovery on the Google Plus stream, too. Oh, I mean, for sure. in some cases, I don't even go to Google News. It's... Yeah, Google News is like a second thought now. Like, after, if I have time after I'm done reading everything on Google Plus, <laughs> that's awesome. So I put a link in there for you guys. Have you guys ever tried using this before? Um, it's called Social Fixer, <laughs> and it's... it's the new version of what was deprecated from the old Chrome extension, but it's uh, it goes into Opera, Safari, Chrome, Firefox, uh, no IE, big X on it for that. But the idea is, is that it simplifies and minimalizes the interface into Facebook. It has skins and everything else, and you can go in and manually do advanced feed filters and change what you see yourself. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's called Social Fixer. So, uh, so if, if I want to see, see more more baby pictures or more like left wing, right wing, just political nonsense, I can do you that. You can match text. You can hide. You can apply CSS. You can move things. You Brilliant. can um, and, Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's but it's used to be, um, 
how do I explain it? It used to be just a Chrome extension that they actually got so big they made it and they call it Social Fixer. Oh, look at that. Interesting. I'm only here to help, guys. I'm only here to help. Good stuff. And they say we don't, if, pay, we don't pay you nearly enough, Chris. Well, you know, one of the problems is you're right. <laughs> the other problem is you're right. Uh, they go on to say posts that have been hashtagged do follow the same sharing and privacy rules as normal posts. So even if you throw a bunch of hashtags in a post, no one's going to see it unless you say that they can. So don't so go freaking out about everything you post. Hashtag whatever. So, I've seen numerous posts about three weeks ago of people. At first, it was the oh, you can't use the stuff without permission, and then it was something about the privacy stuff. And oh, oh, then my favorite. Here's my favorite one. The it's not even a, a Trojan per se, but it's a misleading thing. Have you guys seen this yet? Someone says, "I don't want my information shared to whatever." Oh God, that's hilarious. There, go into your home stream. Select my name, find the arrow, and then mark it to say don't show what it is. I'm like, that's removing all your content from my stream, you idiots. You're telling people to remove you from their stream. They thought they were being told that it hides their stuff from other people being able to share their content. <laughs> no, they were hiding well, it. So it was a great trick, but whoever wrote it got everyone to buy in. That's like, like natural you... selection in in process on the Internet. It's like that picture that said, did you know? If you microwave your iPhone for like 30 seconds, it'll fully recharge the battery. And it's something that Apple didn't want. We talked about this on the show. People fell for that? I'm pretty sure a couple people nuked a, a couple iPhones here and there. I'm pretty sure. I like to think so. Just so that, weeding them out, I thought you know? that one was hilarious. It removed those people from your stream. I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. If you're going to say this stuff, I want you removed. I'm fully moving to Google+. Plus. <laughs> Forget it. Oh, man. So uh, that YouTube Creator Academy MOOC uh, is pretty cool. I've been kind of going through that. I wrote a piece for Tech Page 1. I don't know if it's up yet or not. But really just, I mean, we talked about it before, and the, the next set of lessons has become available, I think, on the 10th. So I need to go through those. Um, there's like 30,000 people, at least via the Google group for this particular MOOC. And I get the emails from the group. If you guys think, like, the and group emails are, are too much, join one of these, like, lar- oh, my God, it's, it's out of hand. Like, I just delete I can't even read them. But uh, interesting information. Are, are any of you guys going through the, the Creator Academy thing? I've, I've signed up for it. Did and, you do the uh, lessons yet? I think I got the week one notification for it uh, earlier this week or late last week. And went in there and took a, took a peek. I haven't had the time to, like, dive into it. But just the little... Uh, I guess you could say bullet points of it were things that I already knew, so I didn't necessarily think, okay, I can jump on this. Just well, and so Ant, right honestly, when I was going through it, I, it kept in the back of my head, I kept hearing this voice that's like, they're teaching you everything you guys tripped and stumbled your way through trying to figure out before this was a thing. Like when we were like, hey, I bet we could use YouTube to do a show, or uh, not YouTube, but Hangouts to do a show. And they're... They're talking about pretty much everything we had to learn, like, the hard way. You know, it's, it's kind of funny going back through it. It's like, oh, okay. well, I'm glad someone, you know, made a class about what we figured out the hard way. All right. That's, that's cool. All right. So I'm still looking forward to the, the second week um, tutorials or whatever. I just haven't, uh, I haven't seen anything yet in, my, yet in my emails about it. Are you already in the second week? Yeah, I haven't started them yet. I'm, I'm, my thing says 50% done, so I, I haven't started the second half yet, but I need to do that this evening or tomorrow. Hey, Matt, give us a link for that in the show notes. 
I will do. I think it's just Creator Academy dot with Google dot com. But here you go. So, uh, anything else? We got like ten minutes left. You guys, anything else interesting? Uh, well, there there has been a re. Uh, they they changed up the um, the Google Art Project. What's that? Uh, so there's like an update. If you go to the Google Art Project, they changed the UI, uh, and now it's like got a nice little layout where you can go in and it'll show you like I really like it. It's got like little thumbnails of like like uh, lateral thumbnails of like all the different museums and art, so you can kind of go pick out and say, oh, that looks cool, and then just kind of start starting. Mean, so it's 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 not as as it's not just like a list of of, of uh, like you know, museum names. Nice. The Google Art Project. I think you mentioned that a couple episodes ago, right? Well, but they they, they just redid it. So right, it's, right. It's, they, that, that wasn't true a couple episodes. Right. Good stuff. Uh, Larry, you have some Cuba news, a famous dissonant blogger that we uh, we talked about last time. She, she saw her website for the first time and paid a bunch of money to see it or something. Uh, what's yeah. happening now? She's posted again. She She's... Uh... One thing that's kind of interesting. I mean, she's now able to get on and post things. Uh, she went down to the to uh, the beach, Suvane uh, Beach, which is where the cable lands, and she noticed that uh, it was evidently really messed up with Hurricane Sandy. And but they haven't done. Uh, there's been she she goes on a rant about, geez, too bad they didn't make some connectivity here in this city. It could have helped them with tourism and yada yada. And then she went to an internet cafe, to one of these new internet cafes. I don't know if I said it or not, but they opened up 118 new internet cafes. And she got on there and basically saw that some sites were blocked and other sites weren't. She could see a lot of the dissident blogs, though. But, um, and like you say, it's expensive. Nobody except somebody like her that's got outside income can afford it. And um, what else to say? It's slow. She was getting like... She posted a uh, speed desk. It was less than two two megabits per second. Um, so it just goes to you know, even in a sort of what should be a real kind of showcase location, one of these new internet centers. Um, there's no the domestic infrastructure just sucks in Cuba. There's no other word for it. Crappy DSL where it's available. So that's that. It's a good uh, comparison because we're so we talk about all this tech stuff and we're so used to just having this ubiquitous connectivity now and it's fast and it's good and it's everywhere. It's like there are tons of the world that is not connected and has. No oh, I highly clue. recommend going to another country to have an appreciation. Right? For Isn't that there. yeah? I, yeah. You it. know, I mean, uh, just running water and electricity and heat and like this stuff. I like mean, try to plug they... your phone in. It's it's a completely different plug-in. Working Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, Wi-Fi that's affordable yeah. in Europe and stuff like that. Like, can, I, can, I, can I back up a step? Oh, please. Because you mentioned Cuba, which made me think of Mark Cuban, which then made me think of the stupid Apple name we didn't cover. Shark Tank? How did we get, oh. how do we get Mavericks? How do we get Mavericks? Uh, the can Dallas... Ma- I oh, no, no it's, the, it's the surfing in uh, in Big Surf. Yeah. Right, oh, but no, how come it wasn't... Why wasn't it like... Panther or some other? Why did we get? Oh, they said that they weren't going to be constrained because they ran out of cat. They ran out of kitties. (laughs) They totally ran out of kitties. (laughs) No, but they went to Half Moon Bay and they said, "There's this big surfing competition every year. It's called the Mavericks. They named it after that." I would just say it was Mel Gibson's character from the 1989 hit movie Maverick. Oh, that's a different movie. Different movie. (laughs) 
Did y'all see the meme no. a couple of days ago of Grumpy Cat? Yes. For uh, OSX <laughs> version 10.fu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grumpy Cat. Because they knew they was running out of cats. Yeah. You know. 10.1.fu. <laughs> <laughs> 10.fu. <laughs> That's brilliant. Nice. Oh, I should mention uh, before we get out of here, if you're running CyanogenMod, uh, RC5 just came out for the Verizon Nexus. Me and Eric uh, on AOTA have a bet going whether uh, which will come out first, Android 4.3 or a stable release of CyanogenMod 10.1. And uh, we're on RC5 now, so it's looking like I may win this thing. We'll see. So definitely uh, runs nice also <laughs> if you have an old Galaxy Nexus. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Is that it? Are we good? All right. I, I threw one other thing in there. I'll just throw it out real quick. Oh, please. Uh, MIT and Stanford, you know, MIT does this edX, one of the big three U.S. MOOC platforms, and they merged their software platform with Stanford's, and they open-sourced it this week or, um, yeah, earlier this week. And that's kind of that – not only they open-sourced it, but they've got a – I don't know if it's probably not one click, but a very simple way to set it up, set up a server in the Amazon cloud. So that might really turn out to be a significant thing, uh, that, that this MOOC thing, you know, anybody can build a MOOC now. You don't have to be in with Coursera or, or edX or anybody else. Well, is this something to hold them over until YouTube opens up its MOOC capability well, to people to create I've been them? trying to... With Richard's help, trying to get Google to say anything about that, Google really should do that. Google's got, you know, Course Builder. That's their move platform. They've got Hangouts. They've got YouTube. They've got. I mean, they've got the whole. Well, I'm just saying, and they've demonstrated that it scales. Well, and they've demonstrated that it scales with this Creator Academy MOOC, the first one that they're trying with 30,000 people all doing it. Like, oh, it, no, they did. They did one with uh, on Search that was way yeah before yeah. They, yeah. They no, that's they've got it all, man. And Richard, get tell Larry Page to quit screwing. Around. Yeah, next time uh, you have lunch at Google.com, I think if you just not. <laughs> next time uh, you and him have lunch, you know, just just yeah. let him know. AOTA or Yats is uh, the guys on Yats think you ought to get your button here. <laughs> no, and come on I the show next time. Google doesn't come out with some kind of a bombshell, and then we'll have two. Uh, but right now we've got two. Uh, Public domain MOOC platforms. One and yeah, MOOC, you, Course Builder is open source. It's just not uh, they're not sort of. I mean, they could they could. It needs to be hosted. It needs to be not an open source thing that you can install. On it Amazon needs to Cloud. scale. It needs to be something that you can just go to, uh, you know, courseware Google courseware courseware .com and build your course. Yeah, Richard, tell Larry because they can scale. And your yeah. your web server probably can't. <laughs> yeah, just email me. Your oh, web yeah. server, if it's on the Amazon cloud, it's better than being on my desktop. But I really don't want to run the server. I want it to be a Google service. That's right, until the Amazon cloud goes down. Well, the Amazon cloud's been a lot more reliable than servers I've run on my desktop. Well, <laughs> so that's probably not saying much, Mr. <laughs> IIS over here. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it. Yet another techshow.com. That's our site for the show. Everybody else writes and has their own sites uh, here and there. I think I saw the cops coming for ants, so we'll let you. Uh, you got anything going on lately you want to plug or mention? 
Well, I wanted to do a commentary on iOS 7, OS X10. And, it's and already been done. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean my spin. You know, I wanted to do a commentary. On right. And, um, and just survive a vacation. It's freaking senior week out here, you know. And you know how much I love people. <laughs> you love people a lot. I Are the hardheads having a good time? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're doing really well and, and wearing themselves out pretty good and wearing me out pretty good, too. You know, it's, I cool. Hear it. it's cool to see the cars going behind you, too. Yeah, it is 12.13 here, 12.13 a.m., and people are still getting it going. Like you're doing an NBC News special at the studio. Yeah. <laughs> live from Myrtle Beach. As Not we go live to our satellite reporter at Pruitt in the field, and. <laughs> All right, Not that's on this crappy Wi-Fi. That's cool, man. Have a safe trip back home. You doing a uh, point and shoot tomorrow night? I will try, but I can't promise it. I told the guys uh, in the community that my signal here is so bad. Yeah, it's not. I wouldn't host it if I it's were. It's still better than being in Cuba. But oh yes, yeah, this is true. That is true. <laughs> All right, uh, Chris Miller, you got anything you want to plug? You're working on lately. Uh, go to the Spike Studio YouTube channel and the product review playlist. I've got like seven product reviews coming out in the next few days. I did one yesterday. I think Ant caught it, and then uh, i got a stack of stuff. I've got to get caught up by next week. Good stuff. Uh, Larry Press? Uh, just blogging away. Good deal. Mike Rothman, I saw you had a couple of articles up on Tech Page One. I do uh, something about uh, Log Me In and a couple of others as well. Check them out. It's techpageone.com. Good deal. Patrick Jordan? Uh, same as usual, iPad Insight. Uh, thoughts on iOS 7 and how it affects the iPad and just all the normal app and accessory reviews and things. Good deal. Richard? Uh, yeah, I put another article on uh, and uh, on uh, a review of the Intel Museum in Santa Clara. Oh, that was uh, a cool article, man. I like that. And, uh, yeah, it's a fun museum. Uh, I, I yeah, did in there good. also kind of, you know, opine that it would be nice if Google had something that because there's a lot of people on holidays and weekends that come to the Google campus, uh, and there's nothing here to kind of, like, invite them in and kind of have them play. I mean, I know we have the whole Internet and stuff, but, uh, you know, that where you, people can play with our products. But uh, physically, people, like, I think they have an emotional connection to our product and that they want to kind of come and just see where it's made, right? That's it, Ant. I have our business idea. Me and you going to go build a bar on the Google campus, and we're going to run a bar. We're going to open a bar. There we go. I don't know how well I'd be at that, considering how much I love whiskey. That's fine. <laughs> we'll have to open up a bar and a smoke shop. I'll run the bar. You run the smoke shop. <laughs> we'll be good to go. Right. <laughs> awesome. All right. And, yeah, I wrote a piece, uh, just a quick look at uh, Google Play Music All Access. I wrote it, like, when All Access was announced. But it's now posted, so you can read that over on techpage1.com. Uh, and we got some stuff over on newdomain.net, so as always, check that stuff out. Uh, make sure you join the Google Plus community for Yats. We always have good conversations, interesting, funny stuff throughout the week. Uh, on Hey, where can we find your tracks, man? What? Oh, the jamhole.com slash music or Google Play all access music stuff if you want to pay good for stuff. it. Good stuff. Thank good you. Stuff. Uh, and, yeah, so yet another texture.com. Make sure you subscribe to iTunes, try us to review. We appreciate all that stuff. Uh, you can leave us a message at 406-204-4687. 
And catch the live shows Wednesday for Yats, Tuesday for AOTA, Thursday for Point and Shoot. And uh, that's it. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Good night, all. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.